Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Featuring Blake, Boomer, and CG Nasty. Let's make gambling great again. All right, folks, welcome back. Chapter 5, Season 2, the Deep Fried Bets Podcast, coming at you live or on a slight tape delay, depending on when you're listening to this, with Matthew, the Boomer Boomer Shine, and Collier Gullahorn. CG Nasty, what's going on, gents? Well, uh, not too much. Some uh, pretty shitty games last weekend, if I do say so myself. Shitty for you. I had a great weekend. Collier, what, how, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, I'm doing pretty spectacular. Went to the game last week. All my skin is burned off, so I'm recovering this week. Okay, yeah. Um, so let's look back at last week. Boomer talked about how uh, shitty the games were. I enjoyed them a lot. 12-4 and four for me last weekend. Hell of a weekend. 5-1 uh, and one with the vault and lock. Um, and that brings my overall record to 38-24-1. Over sixty one percent on the season. Boomer, not so hot. Exact opposite. Four and twelve last weekend with a twenty six, thirty six and one record overall. Collier had the week off. Uh, he had to go get wine drunk with the parents. And uh, yeah. his overall record is nineteen, twenty six and three. Uh Boomer, what do you have to say for yourself after that? Uh, uh extremely, extremely shitty. I uh I actually consulted with uh, with my man out in Las Vegas for the first time before coming on uh, coming on to the podcast. He goes by Papa Giorgio, and uh, he actually threw himself out of the 56th floor of the Bellagio on Sunday night last week. So I'm obviously condolences to him. If you uh, won money last week, if you lost money, then you know. He just threw himself out of the window. Not a big deal. Just another. They don't, just another they, don't have, uh, they don't have windows in Vegas. No, no. You just have to have enough force to throw yourself out of the window. Uh, so he he killed himself, and he deserved it. Um, I, the only the only pick that I actually went with the heart on was my vault, which obviously I won because I like to give out for sure winners under that and. Uh, that, you know, needless to say, I'm not talking to him anymore. And uh, also, picked back up the Tito's habit this week. So, uh, I should be uh, should be fairly loose I with mean, the picks. Winners right there. Also, RIP to Boomer's fictional gambling uh, extraordinaire, Papa Giorgio, apparently. So, uh, keep him in your uh, thoughts. Oh, yeah. I uh, also want to keep everybody uh, that took UCLA plus 3.5. Um, have them in my thoughts too because uh, I was riding that train when Stanford I don't know how the fuck it happened strip sacked and scored a touchdown and I officially retired from betting if yeah. uh, if God likes fucking with gamblers he did it last weekend that was, yeah. A bad yeah, that was one of the worst beats I've ever seen in my life thank God I didn't touch that game because I would have been on UCLA too um, also if you had the Oklahoma State uh Spread. You also got screwed over there. A lot of and a lot on Sunday. Yeah. Really, I really, really felt like open heart surgery with no anesthesia. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State. I had the under in that game, so I wasn't too bad in doubt. But uh, 
Yeah, Sunday, I was on the right end. I guess you'd call it a bad beat, the uh, the Colts-Chargers game. It was a one and a half or two, depending on when you got it. I got it at two. Uh, the Colts were driving down. The field goal wins in the game by one, but uh, Andrew Luck hit a streaking T.Y. Hilton to go to the house and win by five or six. Don't remember now, but uh, I'll take that. But 12-4 and four overall record for me. Good weekend. This weekend, we got some more good games. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this yet. Just realized on me. Uh, we have a guest a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Steve Lassen from Athlon Sports will join us to talk about the upcoming college football weekend. Uh, Steve is the college football director at Athlon Sports. So uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, good listen. Good information. A little preview of this week. Uh, he picked a few games for us, too, so that should be interesting. Um, so, yeah, we've got the college football game. Why don't we just go ahead and get to that interview with Steve? We'll, uh, we'll fire that up right now. All right, folks, we'd like to welcome in Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports. Um, Stephen Lassen is the college football editor at Athlon. Um, you can check him out at Athlon Stephen on Twitter or uh, athlonsports.com. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. You know, uh, the college football season, we're one month in. You know, it's, it's almost going by too fast, but, hey, I won't complain. Anytime we have college football back, the NFL, it's a good time, uh, especially with the weather getting a little bit cooler, too. So I won't complain too much. Absolutely. I'm down here in Alabama. Today was the first day, really, that it's felt like football season outside. It's nice that we're we're finally trying to transition to that weather. Yeah, hey, I, I'm up here in Tennessee, so I know how you feel. Not too far. It's uh, it's been it seems like 90 degrees after a 90 degree day. It kind of feels like you know once you get those 60, 70 uh, degree days, you get into conference play, and, and and it just feels like football season. And it's finally starting to, to to feel that way to me at least. Right. Yeah. It's finally starting to get in the thick of things. It's crazy that most teams are already a third of the way through their schedule. This needs to uh, to slow down, but um, all right. So again, that's uh, Stephen Lassen. So thank you for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll start off kind of looking back at last week, uh, week four of the college football season. What's something that, or some of the things that really stood out to you last weekend? I think two games come to mind right away. You know, I think Wisconsin's victory over Michigan State really surprising. Uh, that Wisconsin was able to go into East Lansing and, and win in such a dominant fashion. Uh, you know, you think back to week one when Wisconsin beat LSU, the effort that they had on defense in that game was just outstanding. They completely uh, shut down LSU's offense, which, you know, that, at times this year, you know, isn't saying a whole lot, but they played uh, a great game. They had a great game plan. Uh, Justin Wilcox in his first year uh, has kind of picked up where Dave Aranda left off. And you watch uh, last Saturday against Michigan State, same deal. They were dominant, uh, forced turnovers, were able to get the touchdown uh, off the fumble recovery. And I thought Wisconsin's uh, redshirt freshman quarterback, Alex Hornerbrook, made some nice throws. You know, playing at Michigan State certainly uh, isn't easy. And then you throw in Michigan State's defense for, for Wisconsin just to go in there and win in the fashion that they did uh, was really surprising. I think the other game that stood out was Tennessee beating Florida. You know, it was really such an odd game. You had uh, kind of the, the, the tail of two halves. Florida uh, just dominated the first half, and, and it felt like Tennessee just couldn't get out of their own way in the first half. There was the, the mistakes in the red zone, uh, the turnovers, not to mention drop passes. 
And then the second half, Tennessee came out and just flat out dominated their defensive line, uh, which has some good talent. You know, Derek Barnett's an all SEC guy. He finally kind of the, the switch for Tennessee kind of flipped on in that second half. So, you know, really fascinating because Tennessee's got such a tough schedule coming up that they needed to get that one uh, against Florida last week. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that. I figured once Florida carried that big of a lead into the half that the mental factor would kind of start haunting in on Tennessee, the fact that that streak hadn't gotten so big. But it was definitely an impressive effort on their part to come out in the second half and completely turn it around like that. You know, especially too with the way Florida's defense have played this year. You know, they, you know, you know, the schedule when you play UMass, North Texas, and Kentucky, you know, it, it kind of skews your stats a little bit. But you know, you just thought the way Florida played defense in the first three games, the way they played in the first half, it was going to be a tough obstacle uh, for Tennessee. But uh, Tennessee, you know, credit to them, made the right adjustments at halftime. And, I mean, they look like a completely different team. And they took it to that Florida defense, which, you know, I thought going into the year was going to be one of the best in the country. And, and maybe it still is. But certainly uh, for a half, Tennessee's offense looked very good. Yeah, that was probably the most one of the most impressive halves I've seen in football. So uh, through four games, who's the best team you've seen so far? I think it's Alabama. You know, I, I went into the year thinking that, this was a season where we didn't have a lot of necessarily dominant teams. Like I, I thought we had, you know, six to eight good teams. And I think you could kind of put Alabama, uh, Alabama was my preseason pick to, to win it all. And I just thought, you know, if there's every year where you have a, a, you know, six to eight good teams, maybe not a dominant team, you'd have to default to a, just a team like Alabama. And you're starting to see everything fall into place for this team. Of course, defensively, Alabama uh, one of the best in the country, uh, and certainly, you know, with the, the the losses that they had, kind of limited some of the depth up front early on. But you look at guys like Ruben Foster, Jonathan Allen, kind of having All America type seasons, and then of course the offense. I think one of the the more intriguing storylines of the year has been Alabama's quarterback situation, just because. You know, the last couple of years, Alabama has went into the year with a question mark at quarterback but they always find the right guy. It didn't take them very long this year to find it. Uh, Jalen Hurts has looked very good for a freshman, and I think poised, you know, his accuracy sometimes. You know, we saw in the Ole Miss game, he missed one throw. But that's stuff you're going to see out of a true freshman. But, you know, controlling the offense for Alabama, they just don't have to beat themselves. Their defense is so good, and they have so much talent. I think Alabama's the best team in college football, and I think it's, you know it would take a lot, I think, for Alabama uh, to miss the college football playoff this year. Right. Yeah, I've been impressed with the way Hurts has been able to bounce back from some of those poor throws and turnovers and that kind of thing. So speaking of the quarterback situation, what do you think about Barnett leaving? Well, really surprised. You know, I think this is a situation where you know he was basically the number two quarterback. And, you know, sometimes it's almost, you know, you're one play away from playing and you just never know. You know, we've seen quarterbacks, especially freshmen, as you get later in the season, they almost hit that freshman wall. And maybe there was a case or two where, you know, Blake Barnett would be called upon to play later this year. You know, he played some against Kent State uh, last Saturday. Uh, but I think it's really kind of what it says is I think Jalen Hurts is pretty entrenched as the starting quarterback. I think the writing is on the wall a little bit that, you know, if he wants major snaps, he wants to start, he's probably going to have to do it at another program. Yeah, especially with mobile quarterbacks like that. It's, I mean, you hate to say it, but they're not the, you know, they usually don't make it through all all games like that. So it was kind of interesting for me 
to see him step out like that. But so that's kind of a looking back at last week. Um, this weekend, yet another good college football slate, as you talked about, some of the conference plays starts ramping up a little bit more. Um, what's one of the games that you're really looking forward to that maybe not everybody's talking about? You know, of course, everyone's going to be paying attention to that uh, that Clemson and Louisville game this Saturday. Uh, but I think another game in the ACC to watch out for is Florida State and North Carolina. You know, Florida State's one of those teams that you know, went into the season as one of the favorites to make the college football playoff. They lost at Louisville, and they still have a chance to get in the playoff discussion once again. But I think it's one of those situations where, you know, Florida State's back is against the wall, and they've got to win every week. And you start looking at their schedule coming up. They still have to play Clemson. They still have to play Florida. They're going to have opportunities uh, to get some marquee wins. But this matchup fascinates me just because you, you watch Florida State play defense this year. They've really struggled against the pass. And, and, and some of that, they, they don't have Derwin James, one of the best safeties in, in college football. But I think without Derwin James, they've been pretty vulnerable to giving up big plays. And North Carolina's passing game is very good. And you look at North Carolina's defense, which has struggled to stop the run, and here comes Florida State and Dalvin Cook, uh, who just had a huge performance last week. So I think it's kind of the balance of uh, can Florida State's defense stop the pass? Can Florida State's offense run the ball enough to protect their defense? Because you know it is a backs-against-the-wall kind of game for Florida State. One other under-the-radar matchup, I think Missouri and LSU. You know, I, I'm curious yeah. just to see what does LSU look like in the first week under Ed Orgeron? Do they make any changes on offense to to spark that group you know they they you know they've had some moments where it looks like LSU is just going to be able to generate just enough points to beat Wisconsin and to beat Auburn uh, but in the end uh, they just they just can't get enough and it's hard to make a lot of changes in one week but you know, I'm just curious to see if they do anything differently uh, this week to get that offense on track yeah I was uh I knew it was coming I didn't know that they would let go of Miles that quick on Sunday, though. So who uh, who you think steps in there and takes over that job? It's a great job. You know, yeah. I think this is going to get a, a lot of A-list type of coaches. You know, it, it, the, the LSU job itself is one of those jobs that you can recruit in the state of Louisiana and build just a, a you know, a, a, basically a team of four and five-star talent. It's really one of the great locations for a college football program. There's so much talent in that state. And, of course, the home atmosphere at LSU is unbelievable, too. So it has everything that you want in a job. I think the challenge is going to be the two candidates that I think that would be number one and number two. You have to look at Tom Herman, the head coach at Houston, and Jimbo Fisher, the head coach at Florida State, you know, Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, he, he's got a really good thing going. You know, it's a lot easier uh, in the ACC to get to a playoff game than it is the SEC. You know, every year, even though you can get, you know, five and four star kids at LSU, you're still going up against Alabama, you're still going up against Florida. Florida State's path is a little bit easier every year. And, and of course, uh, saying that now, Louisville and Clemson, you know, of course, are, are, are top 10 teams this year. Uh, Clemson played for the national championship, but it's a lot easier, I think, at Florida State. And Jimbo Fisher's got a good thing going there. I think Tom Herman uh, would fit well anywhere in, in college football. And I think the question becomes, how quick is he looking to get out at Houston? I, I don't know that he necessarily has to take the first ticket out of Houston because 
you know, we saw Chris Peterson at Boise State do something similar. He stayed at Boise State. He found the right fit at Washington. I think Tom Herman can do the same thing. You know, I think he could be uh, the head coach at LSU. I think he could get involved if USC opens. So I think those are going to be the top targets for LSU. I will be curious to see if some of those next-tier coaches, like a Larry Fedora at North Carolina, how far does LSU have to go uh, to get its coach? Because I think it's going to attract a lot of big-name coaches you know, and maybe even Chip Kelly, uh, the head coach of the 49ers, too, if he's interested in coming back to college. Yeah, I think that uh, USC job is one to look out for for Herman because he's from that area, I believe. Um, so that would be interesting if they wanted to make a move and LSU still in the market. That would be interesting to see how that one turns out. So uh, that was kind of looking back at last week and then – previewing some of the under-the-radar games. So let's get to the main ones this weekend. You know, big one, I'd, I'd say the big showdown is uh, there's – I saw there's three top ten matchups today, but I think that the main one's got to be that Louisville-Clemson game. What, uh, what are you leaning in, in that, or leaning towards on that game? I think this is one of the toughest matchups uh, to predict so far this year. I, you know, the spread is, is fascinating to see Louisville – uh, uh, favored at Clemson. You know, a, a night game at Clemson to see Louisville favored really surprised me. I thought Clemson would be favored, you know, by a point or two, maybe even a field goal. But I think it says a lot about Louisville that they're favored on the road against Clemson. Clemson hasn't quite played up to maybe the level we thought they would uh, this season. A couple of theories behind that. You know, offensively, their offensive line and running game hasn't gotten on track yet. That could be for a couple reasons. You know, they, Deshaun Watson is a big part uh, of what Clemson does in the running game. Maybe they're saving him for this type of matchup. You know, we talked about uh, dual threat quarterbacks and kind of the wear and tear that they take. You know, Deshaun Watson is the type of quarterback that if Clemson was to lose him early in the year, he's, he's not going to be easy to replace, and basically right. their playoff hopes are, are gone. So if there's ever a matchup where you need to use him on the ground, this is the type of game. I also think Clemson's offensive line needs to come together uh, because you know, Louisville, for all, you know, it's been the Lamar Jackson show. He's been awesome. You know, he's been so dynamic uh, through the first four games for Louisville, and, and no one really has found the right answer to slow him down. But I think an underrated part about Louisville is their defense. Their defense has been very good uh, through the first four games, and not to mention it's not just Lamar Jackson on, on offense. They have playmakers at receiver and running back. So I think that this is a, a really tight game. It's hard to get kind of a, a clear lean one way or the other. And something else that, that stood out to me while, while researching this game, Louisville has done a, a good job against Clemson defensively the last two years. You know, uh, Clemson has not scored 30 points, over 30 points in their last two matchups against Louisville. So uh, you know, maybe there is something to this Louisville defense, and maybe they have something figured out. But I, I'm leaning Clemson just because it's at night, it's at Death Valley. I just think this, at some point Deshaun Watson in this offense is going to flip the switch, and they're going to uh, kind of break out just a little bit. So I'm leaning Clemson, but I think it's really close. Yeah, I think that Clemson at home is it's. It's just tough, especially with – I mean, Louisville's good, and Lamar Jackson has looked incredible. But he's done it for four games. I mean, he did it towards the end of last year too, but we've seen Deshaun Watson do this for a couple of years now. So I think I have to, would have to go towards, you know, Deshaun Watson that. But, yeah, what was crazy with that one, and I actually opened 
I believe Clemson opened as a favorite, and then everybody just hopped all over Louisville. But that's what Lamar Jackson will do. Um, so we got that one. What about that Friday night matchup with the uh, Stanford-Washington game? I think this is one of those type of games for Washington that it's a uh, you know kind of a statement game. Yeah, Stanford has dominated the Pac-12 over the last five to six years. Washington is kind of the newcomer. Yeah, they've made so much progress under Chris Peterson over the last three years. And Washington was picked uh, by a lot of people to win the Pac-12 North this season. So th- this is one of those battles where Washington is kind of the up-and-coming team looking to knock off Stanford, kind of uh, looking to shake up the Pac-12 North. And, and I think they do it. I think Washington wins on Friday night. You know, Washington's defense uh, did a good job against Christian McCaffrey uh, last year, keeping him you know, under 120 yards rushing. And I think one thing that we have to kind of factor into this is Washington has an advantage at quarterback. Jake Browning, uh, the sophomore, off to a really good start this year, uh, almost already going to surpass his touchdown total of all of last season, uh, maybe by week five or, or week six. So I think the advantage at quarterback is certainly in Washington's favor. Stanford's defense has been very good this year. But as we saw last week against UCLA, the offense can go through stretches where it just does not put drives together. So I like Washington in kind of a statement game uh, to get a victory over Stanford and kind of shake up the Pac-12 North and, and kind of announce, to, I think, to college football that the, the Huskies are, were ready uh, to meet their preseason hype. Yeah, I think if with their defense, if they sell out to stop McCaffrey and try to make the quarterback beat them, that it's going to be hard for Stanford to do that. So. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one as well. I like Washington. I think both of those are going to be really good matchups. Another great weekend of college football coming up. Um, and thanks again. This, uh, again, Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports. Um, check him out, athlonsports.com. Check out the Athlon Sports magazine. Um, he's on Twitter, at Stephen, or uh, at Athlon Stephen. Again, Stephen Lassen. Thanks again, Stephen, for joining us, and uh, we appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me on. It was good to talk to you, and uh, most importantly, enjoy the games this weekend. Absolutely. All right, so again, our thanks to Steve Lassen from Athlon Sports. Uh, It's good stuff. Right there, college football in the topic, as always, on the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Let's go ahead and get to some of our picks. Friday night, or Thursday night, there's uh, two games for you. UConn and Houston, the line is 29 to 30 there. And Texas Tech and Kansas, the line is also 30 there with Texas Tech and Houston being the favorites. Boomer, we'll start with you. Don't pick both, but give us one. Uh, who's your favorite Thursday night game? I just like to give as many as possible to give that, uh, get that average up. But absolutely love UConn in this spot. Houston, Thursday night game. They're going to beat them. They don't give two shits about this game. They already know that they're in the uh, they're in the talks for playoff teams. They've already got their ranking where they need it to be. It doesn't matter how bad they beat UConn. I know it's in Houston. I like UConn's defense. I, I know I, I talked shit about them two weeks ago, but they're they're front four NFL caliber players. I think they can contain Ward. I think that obviously he's going to get his points. They're going to have to throw the ball, but they definitely keep it within the 30. Collier, what's your favorite Thursday night game? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have much about UConn. Uh, but I'm taking the exact same thing. Plus 28, UConn. It's, uh, it's at plus 30. It's now. at 30 if you want it. 
Oh, hell yeah, I'll take another two points. Right. I mean, come on, guys. Last year was, what, a 2017 game? Yeah, UConn beat them last year, if I'm correct. That was uh, Tom Herman's one loss as a head coach. I like that game, too. I also like Texas Tech, but for my documented play, I'll take UConn plus a 30. Um, or not Texas Tech, I'm sorry, I like Kansas. like both the underdogs Thursday night, but UConn, one I'm feeling a little more strongly about. So, yeah, uh, well, all three, I kind of figured this might be the case. Roll with UConn plus 30. Houston won't try to blow. I mean, they'll, they'll get some style point wins, but I don't think they're going to win by more than four touchdowns. So, uh, UConn plus 30 is the play. Friday night lights, uh, another classic Friday night yeah. game. This is the uh, best one we've seen in a while. Number 10 and number 7, Stanford and Washington. Stanford is a three-point road underdog traveling to face the Huskies. Collier, who do you like in this matchup? Well, first of all, fuck Stanford. Uh, last weekend was just – it was just – I don't know. It was just a bad dream watching the end of that game. Stanford looked awful the entire game. They should have lost to UCLA. UCLA was a better team on the field except for the last 30 seconds. Uh, it's going to be a wild environment. We already know these fans up there are wild at Seahawks games. I think Washington's got a great defense, and somehow they're going to strap it together, and they're going to get this win. And for the first time in 20 years, Washington's relevant. So I'm taking Washington minus three. Boomer, who you like here? I absolutely love Washington right here. If – this game was not one of our the scheduled games. It would be my lock of the week. Absolutely love Chris Peterson in this spot. They already beat a decent Rutgers team with them. No questions asked. They came out with a win against Arizona last week, so they got their confidence up. I think Stanford is only Christian McCaffrey, nothing else there. I mean, pretty much Jake Browning, super underrated quarterback plays on the west coast nobody's heard of him i think that i think they make a statement right here miles gaskin fairly decent uh fairly decent running back i mean like carter said their defense is is fast i think it's quick enough on the edges to stop christian mccaffrey and i like the huskies big in this game that atmosphere up there is it hasn't been hasn't been crazy in a while since last year but uh I think I think that Stanford doesn't know what they're going in for. Plus, it makes zero sense why Washington would be favored. Right, yep. Make it three for three here. I also like Washington in this game. Um, that defense is good enough, like I hit on with Steven, that uh, you can load the box against a Christian McCaffrey and make the quarterback beat you if you got a defense like Washington does, and I think they will. UCLA should have won the game last week. I think Washington's a much better team. Plus, Publix over 60% on Stanford. Public does not pick. Oh, yeah. They do not pick good underdogs when it comes to college football. So, give me Washington plus or minus three at home Friday night. Next up, Saturday, a uh, good slate. We'll start it off uh, 2.30 CBS game, 3.30 Eastern. Tennessee plus or minus three and a half, I'm sorry, against Georgia. Uh, Collier, what's your line looking like here? Yeah, so this one definitely doesn't make sense because Georgia got slammed last weekend in the Grove. Tennessee has their biggest win in years. And then turn around, and they're only minus 3.5. I thought it would be at least seven points. So when I see it going that way, I'm taking Georgia plus 3.5. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. 
but I think something weird will happen, and Kirby will have those boys ready to play. Yep, Boomer. Yeah, I mean, the line makes zero sense, and I usually go with the uh, side that makes zero sense. But Nick Chubb's a little uh, a little dazed and confused. And I just I think Tennessee, they, they became men last week, having that huge backdoor cover against a, a decent Florida team. Offense isn't that good, but they scored a hell of a lot of points on a very good athletic defense in, in Florida. I I see this being at least a touchdown. Could possibly be a blowout. I'm picking a team that I know is going to win. Uh, Tennessee then. Okay. Um, I'll take the Georgia as well. Y'all both hit on it. The line should not be three and a half. If somebody knows something we don't, go with the somebody's. Uh, this is one of those that I've learned over the years. When I first started gambling, I would have been all over Tennessee, but you don't look at this from a football perspective. This is one of those classic Vegas is, you know, they're baiting people. Uh, 75% of the public's on Tennessee. That'll probably rise until right before kickoff. So um, I'm going to take Georgia here, too. Next up, Wisconsin plus 10 at Michigan. Uh, both teams undefeated. Yeah, we'll see just how good Wisconsin is. I know they've had a couple decent wins. Uh, Boomer, who you like in this one? Well, I mean, you know, Wisconsin has beaten an LSU team that came into the season with super high expectations. Their coach is already fired now. And Ed Orgeron, I mean, obviously, we'll get to that later. But raw, raw, raw football. It's just, it's just I just think Wisconsin – has not been tested, although you say they've played LSU and Michigan State. I think they played an LSU team literally without a quarterback and a Michigan State team that just had the momentum the entire way. And obviously, uh, Antonio had a great had a great uh, coaching job in that game. But Michigan just has the ability to absolutely blow the doors off of them. I think that Harbaugh is going to have his guys absolutely ready for this game. You look at the matchup, 10 points is way too damn many points for Michigan to be getting. So obviously it's another one of those scenarios where it, what the hell is going on? It's not the public moving the line. It's the line being set. And I mean, Peppers, you know, Spade, they, they've got the offensive power. I think they make a statement against uh, Wisconsin. Get, uh, give me uh, Michigan minus the 10. Yep, I'm with you there. Um, public, again, all over Wisconsin. They don't pick underdogs in college football. Fade that. And, yeah, I just think that Wisconsin, they do have two, quote, unquote, impressive wins. But I think Michigan is a much better football team, and they will blow the doors off of them. 21-plus points, possibly. Collier, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I think at the end of the year, those two wins Wisconsin has now, they're not going to be like great wins like we think they are now. I don't think Michigan State's that good. And, I obviously, and obviously LSU is not that good. So I'm taking Michigan. They're coming out with fire in their eyes, and they're going to whoop the shit out of Wisconsin Badgers. Whoop the shit out of him, he says. All right. Yep. So another trifecta here. Um three on Michigan. Finally, we got the matchup of the weekend for college football. Um, Clemson at home against Louisville. Clemson open 
as two to three point favorites. They are now three point underdogs at home. Um, Clemson plus three at home against Lamar Jackson and Louisville Cardinals. I like Clemson a lot in this matchup. Uh, Lamar Jackson's looked great, but the public's enamored with them. They should not be three-point dogs at home. I think they're the better team. I think they went out right. As our good friend Boomer likes to say, if you get that tingle in your coin purse, then you might want to lay a little money line action on the Clemson Tigers, but take the plus three to be safe. Clemson at home. Collier, who you like in this matchup? Yeah, I cannot believe the public's moved this line this much. Uh, give me Clemson all day. With points at home, this team is too damn good to lose like Florida State did. They're going to come into this game, they're going to play well, and they're going to win. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to win. No doubt. All right, Boomer, what you got here? <laughs> well, I, I think this is going to be a very close game. I, I would not be picking it unless we had to, but – I, I mean, two weeks ago, Clemson would have gone into this game at least a six-point favorite, probably a seven-point favorite, and because of what Louisville did to kind of a a beaten, battered Florida State team. I mean, r- rookie quarterback. I just Lamar Jackson. He's fine. He's he's great. But I mean, Deshaun Watson's been there. I think Clemson's defense, especially their uh, front seven is a hell of a lot better than Louisville's front seven. I mean, they're big boys. You know, Death Valley, as much as I hate to say it, can be very rowdy, can be a tough stadium to play in. Also, Louisville did what they did to Florida State at the 12 o'clock hour. This is not going to be the 12 o'clock hour. This is going to be prime time. I think that Lamar Jackson kind of, he he feels the pressure a little bit this week. He's not going to be playing loose like he was last week. And if I had, if I had to, bet anything which i probably am going to put a little bit down i would definitely take the clemson money line because you're not getting any value the lines also just moved up to three yeah so you're taking clemson money line yes yeah it's it's wild because beginning of this year you would think clemson would have all the pressure on them but now it kind of feels like louisville has all the pressure on them dabo's goofy ass is going to have those guys ready to go have them loose no pressure whatsoever yeah, this is one of those kind of playing with house money type deals. All right, so that wraps up our college football action. Uh, we'll go ahead and shift right into the NFL games. Uh, we're only going to do four this week, not the best matchup or not the best weekend on paper, which means it'll be very entertaining. Uh, first up, tomorrow night's game, the Dolphins plus seven at the Bengals. Uh, Kari, we'll start this off with you. Yeah, I love the points. Uh, don't really like the Dolphins. But when you give me seven points in the NFL, that's a lot. And there's always room for a backdoor cover. So I'm taking plus seven Dolphins. Yep, I'm taking the Dolphins too. Uh, again, public all over the Bengals. Uh, we've, uh, this has made me money all year, fading the public in the NFL. So um, I'm going to roll with Cincinnati here. on the, Or I'm sorry, uh, the Dolphins here on the road. They won't win the game. They'll probably keep it within a touchdown. May push, um, but I think they'll keep it within the seven. Boomer, who you got here? Well, the line's actually gone to seven and a half uh, on this. But, I mean, I usually I usually take the home guys on Thursday night. I mean, you know, you saw what the Patriots did 
through Bill Belichick. I mean, absolutely insane last week. We will never see anything like that again. But seven and a half points is just, it's a lot. The value for the Dolphins has just, it's gone it's gone so far in the opposite direction of where they were at the going into this year. I think that adjust an adjustment's gonna happen this weekend. I think that I think the Dolphins have a chance to win this game. So I'll definitely take them plus a seven and a half. Damn. All right. We are in agreement this weekend. So next up, Panthers minus three at the Falcons. Um I thought this would be probably the most marquee just because it's a divisional matchup. The Falcons coming off a big win on Monday night. Public still not buying into them, though. They are all over Cam Newton, which you would expect them to be about 65%. Line is at three, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure if that one has jumped or any, um, but I've got it at three. I like I like Atlanta at home. I don't like saying that aloud because, I mean, it's – I don't know. It's going to be risky, but probably not going to actually bet it. But for the sake of picking games here, I'm going to take the Falcons plus three. Uh, remember who you run with the hometown of Falcons? Well, the reason that Carolina is favored by three is because the Falcons have zero home field advantage. So, basically, I'm looking at this game as a straight-up, do come out game last week was a complete outlier it brought the panthers down to being three point favorites when they should have been going into this week at four and a half maybe five which you know once it gets to five there's there's nothing holding it back the what they did with the vikings last week you know i mean the vikings have a a fine defense but cam newton is cam newton julio jones is banged up matt ryan Probably not going to have another game like he had. I get there at home, but it's not that much of an advantage. Give me the Panthers minus three. Okay. Uh, boom, or, well, I'm sorry, Collier. Yeah, if Atlanta's ever going to grab this division back from Cam Newton, it's got to take a step forward in this game. The two-back system is working. Both those guys are they're having damn good games. I think Julio's he's got to find his way sometime during this year. He starts going in the right direction this game, and they somehow find a way to not only cover the spread, but beat the scammers. Oh, you're taking the Falcons straight up. Yeah. I like it. All right, uh, next up, Chiefs plus six at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, Should be a good game. The Steelers were embarrassed against the Eagles last weekend. That is what we like to call a fluke, in my opinion. Therefore, I will be taking the undervalued Steelers at home minus six on Sunday night. Boomer, how are you uh, rating your Super Bowl team Sunday night? It just moved to five about 35 minutes ago. Wow. So, uh, I am definitely taking the Steelers here. I had my money on the Steelers last week. Absolutely. It just They gave up. You can't, you can't say anything different else besides that. I mean – they're trying to make sure their guys were fine. Everybody's healthy going into this week. I think that Kansas City has gotten a little bit of value for the first three weeks of the season. I mean, they're playing in Pittsburgh. Nighttime crowd actually makes a difference in the NFL. I, I like Pittsburgh by at least 10 in this one. Yeah. Collier? Yeah, I'm riding that train, too. 
Le'Veon Bell is making his comeback during this game, so I think that the uh, all the superstars are on the Steelers team, and I think they just, I don't know, I think it's going to be a pretty bad beatdown. Yep, all right, so that's three on the Steelers. Um, final game, Monday night's showdown. The Giants plus four and a half at the Vikings. Um, Collier, what you got here? Yeah, so the Vikings are a lot better than I thought they were. Especially that defense. Sam Bradford's looked good so far. Uh, but I think that they come back down to earth this this game and the Giants cover the spread. Uh, I think that the public will be on the Vikings. I don't know if they are or not, but they I have are. a feeling they will be. Yeah, they're at about 65% on the Vikings. I mean, just think of the teams they've beaten already. They've beaten the Packers and the Panthers. So, obviously, they're a damn good team. But NFL, crazy shit happens all the time. I'm thinking the Giants pull crazy shit things, and they just, I don't know, cover plus 4.5. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they come back down to earth a little bit, too. Um, they're good. They're going to continue to be good. I don't think they're undefeated. Uh, I don't think they're 4-0 good, though. Um, I mean, they may win be by field goal, probably. Um, Vikings... I mean, they've shown me some stuff this year. I've uh, won some money off of them, but I like the Giants to keep it within the numbers on Monday night, Boomer. Yeah, this was this was another weird one. I was surprised by the how much Las Vegas valued the Vikings going into this game. I mean, you know, you look at at this game at the beginning of the season, you're looking at probably the the Giants minus two maybe minus one and a half in certain places but they obviously have had to swing a certain way because the vikings beat the packers on sunday night football they're bringing in a lot of public money they did what they did to cam newton last week and i just i feel like they're way overvalued at this point giants lost to the redskins and pretty hard fashion last week and you know when people lose money they tend not to try to bet on them so i think that this is a classic vegas trying to even out their side and overvaluing the uh, vikings on on monday night so you're taking the giants as well yes yeah i think this weekend is one if you I mean, if you look at it there's there's value to be had i say that and i'll probably go over this weekend but uh i don't know i just feel like this is one of those that People think they've got an idea about teams, and Vegas is going to make sure that they don't know ex- anything about what they're talking about. So. Well, I think that people like to, as a, as a whole, like to think about what happened last week. Most people don't go back several weeks, and the NFL is extremely fluid. And teams, you know, they have off weeks, and, you know, you got to – you got to try to pick teams that are not going to be off that week, and you got to try to pick the teams that have been super undervalued. And I think this is the absolute play of the week. I would definitely bet on the Giants money line when you can. You're probably getting at least plus one ninety, maybe plus two hundred, depending on how how the public continues to to hit. But I think I think the Giants definitely win this game on Monday night okay. and, and Vegas cleans up. Yep, they always do. All right, so that's our scheduled games. Uh, let's rattle through the vault here. Um, several good games off the boards this weekend, as we like to say. Um, Collier, let's hear what your vault's looking like this weekend. Yeah, I got uh, 
three solid games right here. Um, not really solid, but if you're feeling a little frisky and you want to get wild, come down the train with me. So we're going first to Utah at Cal. Liked what I saw out of the Utes last week. They had lots of balls up there in Utah. So I'm taking plus 1.5 Utah. Cal, fuck you. So then I'm doing Mizzou plus 13 at LSU. I don't okay. think they're, uh, they're that big of a favorite over an SEC squad. I mean, LSU's looked awful. I don't think they all of a sudden figure it out over one week. And then the best time of the year, our first London game. You wake up after a great Saturday, and what do you know? Football is already on at 8 o'clock. And I'm taking the home team here, the uh, London Jags, plus 2.5 against Indianapolis Colts. I did not know we had a London game this weekend. Learn something new every day. All right, so there's Collier's three games. He can't be bothered to pick all five. He just gives you three. So, I mean – Three is uh, third time's a charm. Hopefully they're all winners. Boomer, what's your ball looking like? Hopefully you have all five for us. Oh, of course I've got all five. I'd add six, but I feel like that'd be illegal. I got four games I absolutely love. Got one game I really like. I'll let everybody out there be the judge and make the difference. First game, Tampa Bay plus three and a half versus Denver. Another one of those just under 90-10 games on the public. It's just uh, Denver – the guy Trevor Simeon showed a lot this year so far and uh, won a lot by defense. I feel like Jameis Winston picks it up this week and uh, keeps it close. Next, Indiana, plus seven and a half versus Michigan State. Michigan State showed last week they can be stopped. Indiana got a white free safety, basically, at quarterback at number 21. Love the athleticism in the backfield for Indiana. Take them. Next, Wazoo, plus two against Oregon. Royce Freeman, hurt. May not even Is he? Well, whatever. He's playing hurt. Take Wazoo, plus a two. I think this goes down to to a pick at the very least. Next, blind dog pick of the week. San Jose State. Plus 10 at New Mexico. Take San Jose. They always keep these games close. Absolutely love betting on them. They love being the underdog. I think they just try to cover for the people out there trying to make some money. Last but not least, Tennessee plus 5.5 should have sent the game to overtime against a very good Oakland Raiders squad. Playing against an absolutely demoralized Houston team that Bill Belichick screwed with their head. I think they're going to be a little bit hungover from uh, Belichick dancing around in there. Give me Tennessee plus the five and a half. Okay. So Buccaneers plus three and a half. Indiana plus seven and a half. Wazoo plus two. San Jose State plus ten. And the Titans plus five and a half against the Texans. Solid five games. I've uh, got one of them in mind. Uh, may have given myself away there. Uh, but let's rattle off mine. Illinois plus 21 points against Nebraska. Nebraska shouldn't be getting 21 against anyone. They're good. They're not 21 points good. I don't like Illinois. I don't like the direction of the program. I don't think the Lovey Smith hire was a very good one. But for this week, I'm going to like them to get, uh, get paid a little bit. Next up, Kansas State. 
against West Virginia. They've been an underdog four of the last five times, I believe, and they've won all of those games. They're three and a half. Take Kansas State in the points. Next up, South Carolina plus 18 against Texas A&M at home. Texas A&M, again, they're good. They're not great. They're looking ahead. they got a tumultuous schedule coming up. Tennessee next week. Um, Alabama shortly after that. They're not going to be giving South Carolina their all. So take South Carolina plus 18 at home. Will Muschamp's going to get you some money. Finally, I'm sorry, not finally. i got two more for you. 49ers plus three. This is one of my favorite picks of the weekend. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys, and they're only three-point underdogs. You know the public's going to be all over Dallas. This is one of those value plays. Lock it up. You're going to win money. 49ers plus three. And, again, uh, another value play. Brimmer hit on this earlier. Buccaneers plus three and a half against the defending Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos. What? They're only three and a half point underdogs? That's stupid. Take Denver. No. Take the Buccaneers at home. To keep it within the number, maybe pull the outright win. Uh, Simeon's not going to do what he did again last week. So there is my ball. Buccaneers plus three and a half, 49ers plus three, South Carolina plus 18, Illinois plus 21, and Kansas State plus three and a half. Phew. All right, that was exhausting, but you're going to make a lot of money off of it. So it's time. Get your two cold beers out. Yeah. Let's party. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week. Love that, love that. Woo. Crack open a beer. Let's go. <laughs> Boomer, after you crack open that beer, who are you taking with your Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week? Oh, you know I'm going with that Patriot way, betting on the military game of the week, Navy versus Air Force. Navy's won me a hell of a lot of money this year. Air Force has not. Air Force beat Abilene Christian. Is that a high school? Is that a college? I don't know. You I think that's what, uh, Coach Taylor coaches now, Eric Taylor. Well, never heard of her. But <laughs> I think Navy absolutely covers this game. Navy's getting seven and a half. Makes absolutely zero sense. No clue where this is coming from. Obviously, there might be some point shaving going along. So you got to have that in your back back pocket. But Navy, you know, they played it against a very good UConn front, maybe the best front they'll play for the first part of the year. I love Navy, at least at the very minimum, keep it close, if not outright, win this game. They're going to be running all over Air Force. What is it, Navy plus what? Plus seven and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. You heard me right. You heard me right. Seven yeah. and a half. Wait, did you just accuse the uh, military schools of shaving points? He did. Oh, no, no. Uh, so what I meant to say was if Donald Trump is elected, they would eventually be shaving points. Yes, that's a good business decision. Yeah, and make gambling great again. That's right. Well, Todd. Okay, so Navy plus seven and a half. Collier, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, like the week, what is it? Uh, you know, me and Stone Cold, uh, we're always good buds, and we always make great picks. So this week we're going to go with the Ole Miss – Black Bears in a revenge game against Memphis. It's at minus 14.5. We're buying the point going back down to 14, 
And I think Ole Miss might just beat them by 45 points. Ole Miss minus 14. They're going to win by 45, but you feel the need to buy that half point. <laughs> yeah, on principle. Okay, I feel you. All right. Because he doesn't like making money. That's why he wants to buy that half point. He wants to waste a little bit of money to buy that extra half point right okay. there. Yeah, dude, I'm just I'm just putting down 20000 instead of uh, fifteen. Okay, that's just more money you get coming back to you, right? All right. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss minus 14, Navy plus 7.5. Give me points and give me Rutgers. Chris Ash, former defensive coordinator for Ohio State, who Rutgers plays this weekend. Urban Meyer is not going to embarrass one of his former assistants. Rutgers has won me a little bit of money this year. I think that trend continues on Saturday. Rutgers plus 40 is my Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. I absolutely love him in that spot. Uh, That program is on the rise. Ash, apparently Urban Meyer had himself a nice little – duo of coordinators there with Herman and Ash. Um, I think yeah. that that uh, he keeps it civil. They won't embarrass them. So give me Rutgers plus 40 against the Ohio State University this week. You know, I went with that uh, that same discipline last week with uh, Kent State. And <laughs> Nick Saban, just, you know, he couldn't let them score on uh, nope. second and one, third and one, or fourth and one. No. Uh, with four minutes left in the game. So I would 100% tell you to bet on that kind of scenario unless it's against Nick Saban, who is, by fact, an asshole. No, yeah, uh, I was the at guy. the stadium, and uh, when we were winning 48 to nothing and they were on the goal line, it was the loudest the stadium got all game. So, yeah. Here? Oh, man, that's crazy. You guys, we, uh, we hate Kent State. Yeah, um, I don't think that was saving being an asshole, just the fact that they're not scoring on that defense. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, different principles this weekend, though. Urban Meyer is an asshole, but Chris Ash, is, he holds a soft spot in Urban Meyer's heart. All right, so that wraps up our week for you, giving you the public winners. Uh, again, thanks to Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports for joining us. 12 and 4 last weekend for me. Let's keep that train rolling. Boomer, 4 and 12 for you last weekend. Let's reverse that train, Collier. You got the off week, but you're back this week with winners. Three for three. Let's all cash this weekend, boys. Of course. Cashing out. All right. Well, we enjoyed it. Uh, Check in with us at Deep Fry Bets on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all over the world. Tell your friends about us. Uh, Check out the website, deepfrybets.com. Hope to have a little write up. A little synopsis of why I like some of these games for those of you that can't tune in the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you next week.